Episode 4 of the Stand Up DJ Podcast, starting now. Welcome, my name's Adam Schnemmeray and I'm your host for the Stand Up DJ Podcast. A little quick thank you again to the City of Melbourne and their COVID-19 Arts Grant who have supported me through this podcast. And in this episode today, we speak to Laura Buskis of the Improv Conspiracy here in uh, Melbourne, Australia. So Laura was uh, kind enough to, through a Facebook group that I'm a part of, the Melbourne Comedy Rooms Hub, I think it was. I'll be sure to link that in the show notes as well. Laura was one of the first people when I put the call out seeking guests for this podcast to, um, yeah, she was kind enough to say yes and and welcome me into their theatre. And as a bonus episode, this week I'll be publishing a extra interview I got to do with the founder of the Improv Comedy um, Theatre, uh, the Improv Conspiracy, Adam Kangas. So I'll, I'll publish that uh, in a couple of days, probably um, Thursday later this week. And these interviews were recorded earlier this year, like a month or two ago. I think it was just as we went into lockdown for the first time. And here in Melbourne, Australia, it's uh, strange times as we go into the second lockdown. Uh, it's the middle of July and yeah, so some of the references, I just want to point out that um, at the start of the show, we do mention some things that are that are going on later this year, which might now be a little bit different due to the current state of the world, I guess. So be sure to jump online to my website, standupdj.com.au to follow all the links and check out all the latest info as well. So um, just to give you an idea of what we discussed today with Laura, we talk about the various types of improv, um, the kind of... Uh, yeah, improv that they do there at the theatre. We learn about some of the different ways to improve your your comedy or on stage performances, as well as um, Laura coaches me through a few of their techniques and the the different styles of workshops that they do there, as well as how to overcome some mental blocks as well. And uh, funnily enough, I tried my first ever improv experience. Um, <laughs> I've got a long way to go, I'll say, but uh, yeah, let me know what you think of that as well. Um, that's that's towards the end of the episode. So I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, I'll pass over to the episode now. Whoops, wrong button. Over to the show. My name is Laura Buskers. Uh, I'm the Theatre Operations Manager and Assistant Artistic Director at the Improv Conspiracy. Um, I've been working here for uh, almost three years, uh, but I've been improvising and uh, performing here for about seven years. Great. Thanks, Laura, and thanks for joining us today. It's very exciting. Thanks. Our first improv comedy, I guess, stream that we'll be um, delving into. So why don't we start today for our listeners and myself as well, explaining what is improv comedy? Uh, oh God, it's such a great question um, because we do, I mean, we get that question so often. Um, basically, improv comedy for us, uh, so we do what's called long form improvisation or so Chicago style long form. Right. So there's short form and long form. Yeah. Two different styles. Yeah. Okay. So um, I suppose like if you, it's if you thought of, you know, it's improv is like an umbrella term, um, the two sort of main styles within that is short form and long form. Okay. Um, short form being sort of like, if you've ever seen Whose Line Is It Anyway, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of those, that theatre sports games, sort of like really 
short scenes um, that have a lot of rules. Okay. Um, and the idea is to like do a joke really quickly. So you want it to be really quippy. You want the audience to be laughing within like a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, with long form, we kind of focus on like creating a show that might go for like 30 minutes or an hour um, that actually follows like some characters that the audience can fall in love with um, and be really interested in um, and be just really engaged by. So mm-hmm. not everything is going to be hilarious. Um, it's more like we're laughing at the characters because okay. of their personalities and their point of view, not just because the actor has said a joke. Um, so have those characters been developed prior to that? Or they're just sort of made up on the spot? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in the shows, um, we will, you know, we'll find a character um, based off of, uh, you know, things that our scene partner said or things that we get from the suggestion or um, just things that have come up Mm. throughout the scene that sort of help us to develop that character as we go on. What Um, what was interesting that drew you into it like you had a theater background beforehand or acting like yeah and then what what was it that drew you into the world of improv well um (laughs) it was mostly because um I knew I didn't have to learn a script so it was really nice to be like I can get up on stage and I didn't have to do any like prior rehearsal to it Mm. um so I really enjoyed that aspect um but it was just something where like I was at acting school and I um I did an improv course as part of it and it was just something that I was sort of naturally better at than Mm. the other parts of it so um, it was quite fun I really enjoyed just the aspect of like um, the the yes and rule that we kind of follow Mm. of like you know everything that you use within a scene is real and true Mm -hmm. and there's no mistakes so being able to like follow that and go there's no mistakes there's like yeah only opportunities in this scene so that you just touched on it a little bit, like yes, and 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 yeah. some of the rules. When I was doing a bit of research before this, because, like I said, I have only seen like whose line it is it anyway a yeah. little bit. Um, I'm a lot more familiar with stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is some of the, I guess the the main rules? Um, I've found a few different ones. Yeah. I came across ten rules, okay. um, but that that seems like quite a lot. So there are five <laughs> five main <laughs> principles or something that um, yeah. when you're starting out that like. Let's just say I'll come to you and be like, uh-huh. where do we begin? Like first night, what what are yeah. some like yes and is a straight up one? Yeah, that's sort of our main one. So yes and is like a uh, very sort of like base level rule that um, a lot of people follow. Um, also just like I'll specify as well, like we like to say guidelines okay. instead of rules. Right. Um, okay. Because I think a lot of people like when they're learning improv, mm. when we say that there's rules, some people can be like super scientific about it and be like, oh, well, I'm not allowed to like – not do this now you know my teacher said that this is a rule um but then sometimes the rules are broken on stage and it's actually hilarious and fun scene i saw um some of one of the examples was um even by saying no you you can still be saying yes so can you give us an example (laughs) i know that's because yeah. When I, when I, again, when I was looking into it and came across yes and always is the first one that sort of comes up yeah. um, without it being a strict rule or like used it more as a framework or guideline. Mm-hmm. Um, can you give us an example on the spot? Like Yeah. Yeah, well, end. actually, it's unfortunately, it's not on the spot. It's something that I've said a few times, so okay, uh, right. I'm not improvising. Um, but so basically, like, to explain, um, yes, and for anyone who doesn't understand, uh, the rule is basically, or the guideline, mm-hmm. is basically saying that, like, if I'm in a scene with you um, and you were to say, like, 
um, God, it's really cold in here, then as the improviser, I would say yes to that reality that it's cold in here. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I want to build on that, which is saying and. So I might be like, yeah, the heat is not working. So I've built something of okay. that world. Yep. Um, but I don't actually have to say yes. So if you say said to me, like, here, can you hold on to this live grenade? And you're, like, holding something in your hand that sort of, you know, embodies what would look like a live grenade. Um, if I turned around to you and I said um, – so if I said, no, get it away from me, I'm actually not saying no to the reality right. of that being a live grenade. Okay. Um, so I'm allowed to say no. You know, I can say, like, that's, like, obviously anyone would not want to be (laughs) near a bomb. But it's still, like, buying into the scene and and saying yes to the scene, but you're responding to that situation. Yeah, absolutely. And so another framework um, rule suggestion was no denial, like, not denying something. So if you did say, hold on to this grenade, like, denying is, like, there's no grenade there. Absolutely, okay. yeah. Okay, so that okay. would be like if I was like, yeah, that's not a grenade. Or I'm like, that's not a grenade. That's an apple. Mm-hmm. Then you're denying a reality. So okay. that's the no but kind of yeah, scenario. Yeah. yeah. And what are some other ones like just to, to work within the other frameworks? Yes and no denying. Um, no denying. Uh, well, again, like sort of thinking about like things, there's no such thing as a mistake. Okay. Um, so if someone... Um, I mean, like, there's, there's been a, a weird one that I've been in before with a friend of mine who uh, we were in a scene and we were, like, patting a dog, like, pretending to pat this dog. And in my mind, the dog's head was up one end and in his mind, the dog's <laughs> head was at the other end. Okay. So I was sort of patting the dog's head and then on his end of the dog, he started scratching its chin and it looked like he was scratching its ass. <laughs> Is this just to you or to the whole audience? And so the whole audience realised, okay. like we all just had this moment where we're like, oh, holy shit, like look at what this looks like. Yeah. So then we sort of built a reality around that of like he was like, oh, look like he had an itchy butt and yeah. like he had to <laughs> okay. like, it. we played with that and like within that reality and that can actually be really fun. Like yeah. when you have those, I like to call them like happy accidents. Mm, yep. That's yeah. always good. I'm just yeah. looking at this cardboard cut out of a dog. You've got sitting on the bar behind yeah. us. With gla- <laughs> was that the dog? <laughs> uh, well, we don't have props, so okay. we never use props, but um, that was actually used in one of our sketch okay. teams. So we have sketch um, teams here as well. Okay. As so improv. yeah, the improv conspiracy, they yes. like they're involved with teaching workshops and improv and sketch. So the difference, it sounds like improv, as the name suggests, is a lot more improvised and sketch is rehearsed and practiced beforehand. Yeah, absolutely. So sketch is kind of akin to like, if you think about Saturday Night Live, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of other things like uh, like Little Britain, like Monty Python sketches. Mm -hmm. Um, They're sort of short scenes that are like follow a bit of a formula when Mm -hmm. they're being written because you want to find the funniest thing as early as possible Mm -hmm. and just keep heightening and making that weirder and weirder. So... (laughs) Um, yeah, so Sketch is sort of like learning how to use that formula to write short scenes. Okay. Yeah. So both of these forms that you do here at the Improv Conspiracy, it's um, group work or teamwork. So yeah. what are some of the things, um, like pre-COVID, what were, <laughs> what were some of the things you were doing here at, um, in terms of your role and, and the Improv Conspiracy? Like, Yeah, well, um, so group work really comes into it with um, sort of larger teams. So um, 
on like within improv shows and, and sketch shows um if you've got a team that has say you know five six seven eight people in there and the style of show you're doing involves like a lot of people being on stage at once it's really difficult to manage that and Mm. make sure people aren't like talking over each other and that people are listening to each other and that the audience can understand what's going on so um we have a lot of exercises that are just about like awareness and just like being in a space where and just noticing like what other people are doing and trying to like let them always let them lead um which is a strange concept it's like there's no one actually leading that you're Mm. just constantly following each other yeah um which sounds super culty um and there's a lot of things that come up about improv that are going to sound super culty um but yeah is it a cult (laughs) (laughs) i'm not allowed to say (laughs) yeah yeah, a lot of like we always joke about how it's a a huge cult because everyone loves doing like we're all it's very like community based and teamwork based so is that um, the appeal of it like one part of it it, when i was looking at um, some of the videos online um yeah there seemed to be a lot of fun and friendship and the sort of community sides of things like yeah is that a big draw card that you find friendships being built and and sort of camaraderie between teams like how do how do people build their teams and and choose who they work with or is it more you as a uh staffer like someone who leads the workshops are you splitting people up or there yeah there was a little bit of both so we have at the theater like we have the classes that we do and at the um we also have you know shows that we do as well for the shows that we put on here that are kind of like run by us Mm. we will pick the teams so we usually have auditions and then after the auditions we kind of like look at you know a we look at people's availabilities Mm -hmm. um and then we also look at like who we think would um potentially work well together within a team so if you've got like one like really like wild character Mm. performer and then someone who's a little bit more like intellectual cerebral about how they do things we might like you know see how what it's like to put those two people together and it's always a bit of an experiment because we Mm. don't know for sure if these people are going to work well together um so we kind of play with that a little bit um but then also like we have our indie teams as well so we have shows where you know people can just get together with good friends and you know they get a coach and they do a few training sessions and then they just jump on stage and it's just a bunch of friends working together okay yeah so you like what's a normal size team like is to the minimum or you've got like yeah yeah well we've got some shows that have like just two people in it um and then they'll perform for like an hour okay um and it's pretty amazing to watch like there's quite a few shows where it's just two guys um, and actually on Netflix at the moment, there's um, an improv show, uh, uh, Middleditch and Schwartz, okay. which is Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz. And they're like longtime improvisers and they do a show for like an hour and it's they play so many different characters in that one hour and they return to those characters and play different characters and it's really amazing to see i've seen that pop up i haven't watched yeah. it yet but i'll be it's sure to brilliant. check it out yeah it's really cool and then yeah so like max you'd probably have nine people okay. on stage yeah and so they're interacting like how does so as an audience member you go to a show like for example yeah. if you go to stand up you're probably going to get picked on if you sit in the front mm-hmm. row yeah is the is the like performers interaction with the crowd more of a like feeding into the scene a bit more rather than the the actors or um do you call yourself actors or you know, we usually say players or players. improvisers okay. yeah do the the players like 
not necessarily pick on the audience, but are they, are they like fishing for scene input? Like how yeah. does that sort of Yeah, play well, out? some, I mean, some of us are like terrified of hecklers and dealing mm. with the audience. So we <laughs> try to avoid it as much as possible. Okay. Um, it depends on the show you're doing. So some shows will just require like a, you know, for anyone who's seen any improv show, they might know that like you start with like a suggestion. So mm-hmm. some shows might just come out. Someone says, hey, we just need a one word to get us started. Um, and then uh, some shows, so we have a show called Fuck This I Quit, um, which is all about like shitty jobs and like people's Had a experience. few of those. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, when we come back, I'm sure you'll have lots of stories for us. Yeah. I'd love to give it a go. Yeah. So we just, yeah, we ask the audience about like their experience at work, mm. like, you know, tell us about your day, tell us about your boss, tell us about your favourite co-worker, mm-hmm. a weird customer. And we just get as much fodder as we can. Yeah. Um, and then we use that to, like, create scenes. Okay. Um, and you kind of, like, joke around with them a little bit, but something that, like, a lot of performers will say at the start would be, like, don't worry, we're not going to pick on you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if you sit at the front, we're not going to, like, you know, we don't need you to, like, make lots of jokes. Mm. In fact, like... It's sort of like a side way of being like, actually, please don't talk <laughs> during yeah, right. the show. That's a, That was another framework that was like, there's no pressure to be funny. Like it's, mm. it can actually be funnier to when, when scenes play out like this that yeah. without you trying to be funny. Um, so do you think anyone can be funny like that does improv? Like what are, what are some things that might have surprised you or, you, you know, you've have a certain expectation going into a scene are there some things that are you know surefire winners or things to avoid (laughs) Um, okay well things to avoid I would always say especially for a beginner um, avoid trying to be funny Um, because when you are in that situation where like you're learning a new skill and plus you're like getting to know other people and you're like you know you're trying to be normal (laughs) and then on top of that you're trying to make jokes Mm. um it's just it's so anxiety inducing so i always just say like just drop that just first of all drop that get that out of your head because Mm -hmm. anxiety is the last thing you need um but then on top of that um when we're trying to make jokes we're often not listening and listening is such a big thing in improv that like we want to as i was saying before about following each other we want to always be taking the thing that my scene partner said and using that to influence the thing that i say just Mm. in the same way that you'd have a conversation yeah sure um but you're just having a conversation in front of an audience (laughs) okay and what size audience do you have so the theater's through there is it and this is like the bar sort of workshop area that you guys yeah. work in and yeah. how many like would you have on a, a full night like what's capacity here? so c- capacity is 56 okay that's yeah. pretty good so it's yeah it's a night it's actually quite nice to have like i think for improv like an audience that's full but it's not you know you know like a hundred people is sort of like pushing it yeah okay because um, it might not it's a bit hard to be a bit more um i guess involved with the audience and like having a bit yeah. more involvement I suppose yeah unless so. you've got mics you know like if you've yeah, got little lapel roving. mics it's yeah, okay. different but yeah no we if we fill out it's great to fill out a crowd but like sometimes you can have a full crowd and the energy is just a bit off so it's yeah sometimes it comes down to like you could have 10 people in the audience but if they're having the best time then you on stage are also having a really good time that's important yeah Seeing like I think that like light makes the whole night sometimes like you've got you know people enjoying themselves and um that really makes it and the audience can tell that as well 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's a big part of like, we always just say to like, ignore the audience, you know, just try not to worry because sometimes, sometimes there is that cursed energy and you're like, I don't know what this is. Like, why, why is this happening? Having a certain expectation instead of just, I guess that's part of the being on stage is trying to let go of that and and just embrace it and just sink into the role. And yeah, is that one part of it that you enjoy? Like putting on a, like jumping into a character, do you find it? easy to to slip into and just be be influenced by the yeah. setting or the the scene yeah um i mean i think my favorite thing is when my scene partner like endows me as something so if i walk on stage and you know my scene partner is like hey ma <laughs> like yeah. just gives me that they're like oh, okay cool i know <laughs> i know we're in the south yeah. um and i know that we're just like i'm this person's mother and we're like a couple of like hillbillies <laughs> like that's anything that like reduces the world so to speak because when you walk on stage anything is possible you know like you just because you get the word you know tennis ball as a suggestion it doesn't mean we have to be playing tennis Mm -hmm. so even it's sometimes people say the suggestion is really just to prove to the audience that it's all made up okay because you'll like it's actually a great compliment, but I've had sometimes coming off stage people being like "Eh, did, did you guys practice any of that first and it's like, oh, thanks for the compliment, but no, like, do you really think we'd keep in those crap bits <laughs> if, like, that was the case? Um, but, yeah, so you can still have anything happen. So when I walk out on stage and my scene partner goes, you are this person or this is where we are or this is what we're doing, it shrinks the world a little bit, mm. um, which is actually a good thing because it removes that choice paralysis that you can get of going yeah, out and be like, sure. anything could happen, so yeah. nothing's going to happen. So, like, having some frameworks and restraints, you can be a bit more creative. Yeah. Weirdly enough, and it's, like, something that, like, I find so interesting about creativity is that, like, restraint and, yeah, limitations can actually result in more innovative things. Totally. Yeah. That's good. How do you um, bring that into sort of training? Like, what are some of the workshops that you guys were running? And, um, yeah, what what's sort of coming up for... Like we're in coming into June now, yeah, and so we're looking at potentially, hopefully, no second wave. But yeah, <laughs> if everything, all the restrictions loosen up a little bit. What What are some of the workshops that you'll be getting into here? So we're hoping to go back to our original workshops. So we have um, six different levels of improv, and it basically ranges from like absolute beginner, so someone who's never um, either you've never done improv at all, or you've never done long form improvisation. Um, and you kind of learn like the foundations of that um, and learn sort of like how we do it here because every mm-hmm. improv school is different. They have like different um, principles and like different philosophies. So and because it's an art form, it's quite often you'll find like different schools will teach different things. They have a similar baseline of what they believe in, but um, just different styles. So we sort of teach you how what our style is um, and then sort of level two is more like character work level three you kind of start to learn about like um what we call game which is basically like once you found something funny in the scene how do you keep the ball up in the air okay um and then level four five and six are learning a style that we do here which is called the Harold, which is just like it's just a format of improv kind of just like you know if you think about how sport has a 
basketball mm-hmm. as a particular sport. We yeah. have like different formats of improv. Okay. Yeah. So what's Harold? Because that one seems to get mentioned quite a yeah. lot. I've heard that it, and I've seen some posters popping up yeah. like Harold Night. Uh-huh. What, what's the appeal of that? And you mentioned Chicago style in the beginning. That's just long form. And yeah. so, Harold, if you can, is it too hard to No, I mean, explain, look, I won't get into the nitty-gritty of it. <laughs> okay. It's definitely, look, it's definitely something you need to see because okay. it is, it can be the most wild thing, but it's basically, um, so it's, our, it's it is a, um, a format of improv that goes for about 25 minutes and it involves a team that they take a word and then they sort of... Uh, deconstruct that word and find sort of thematic ideas around the word um then they'll do sort of scenes about that or coming off of that um and then they'll do some group work and then we kind of revisit characters Mm. um and the idea is that it kind of follows like a kind of story arc structure of like you are introduced to some characters you see them go through some like weird shit and then at the end everything is kind of like tied up into like a neat little package Mm -hmm. um yeah that sounds interesting yeah it's interesting it's definitely very weird to watch i think for the first time like i usually say to people we have another format called the remix um which is starts with like a storyteller so we have a storyteller come in they like talk about their lives and just true stories yeah and then we do scenes based off of that okay so i often say to people if they haven't seen improv before go see that because it kind of makes the most sense yeah going into yep. it but if you've seen a bit of improv and you like want to see something different harold's really good for that okay yeah. sounds cool yeah and if someone's like terrified of this stage uh-huh. but they like is it sounds like anyone can give it a go how do you nurture that and and sort of encourage it because i had a look at your um on the website uh the conspiracy theory.com it seems the conspiracy to be, theory is that it oh sorry <laughs> improv conspiracy com. um i conspiracy theory it's My no bad. that's our second website oh, okay cool that's part of the cult once you join yeah. it okay <laughs> you get access sorry to the improv conspiracy.com <laughs> yeah. is a proper website you've got um a performance page um uh-huh. so I'm guessing that's uh, the people who are con- continuing back or have been like yourself here for quite a few years. Yeah. Um, how do you, people overcome that f- sheer terror of being on stage or a performer? Is it just through the workshops, through yeah. the practice? I mean, I think at the end of the day, like I, we do get some people doing classes and they have no intention of getting on stage. Yeah. Their reason for doing this is like their boss suggested it or like they have to do something at work in doing like public speaking or one of their friends or they told one of their friends that they're a bit socially anxious and they're like hey you should go try out this class Mm -hmm. um so some people don't want to get on stage and for those people like i'd i'd encourage it but i would never like force them to do it in any way so if people want it but they just find that they get that stage fright going on stage um the best thing for it, I think, is just, like, A, just doing it a lot. Like, the first time is always going to be really scary. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit of just, like, jumping into, you know, a pool and sort of thing. Like, the water's fine. Like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. scary at first. It's just, like, the fear of the unknown. And yeah. And kind of, like, what you build up in your head. Yeah. Um, and one of the cool things is that we, like, we can acknowledge how scary that is. So, in our classes, we do, like... We do. We have a lot of opportunities for people to like perform in front of the class. So they're doing scenes almost so every week. S- sort of like split up in like you've got the 
the team or the the bigger group you split that class into smaller workshops or smaller sizes to perform on stage so yeah pretty much like okay. we get like um just pairs so especially for level one like we only do two-person scenes okay um and then we'll just you know and as a teacher i might like side coach them through it so like if they're stuck within a scene just kind of helping them out with things that like they might not have noticed that like was easier to notice from the audience um so they're getting the opportunity to do that every week um and then on top of that we run something called the jam every sunday which is like um basically just a chance for students and ensemble members they just go in put their name in a hat and then like 10 people get pulled up and they just do 10 minutes on stage like in front of other uh students so and then they're also like doing it with ensemble members so who are there to help them okay so it's kind of like just really low stakes opportunity Mm. for them Mm -hmm. to just keep doing it right so it's all about practice 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 and yeah sounds like you're creating a pretty safe space for for people to sort of get outside their comfort zone yeah um just like a last couple of questions Mm. how would you inspire imagination like if if you've said you know the word tennis ball and like i'm just blanking Mm -hmm. like is there a way to for for people to overcome that mental block or do you like we said earlier do you find that that those restraints or like a, a, a word is um it, it just feeds straight into the imagination well yeah i suppose it depends on the person like everyone has you know different uh like associations or ways that they, that they can come up with ideas but i think like the first thing like if someone was just constantly going out on stage and they were feeling completely mentally blocked then there might need to be like some more work that we need to do in terms of like getting them feeling comfortable mm-hmm. being on stage. Um, but on top of that, like if you were just drawing a blank, I'd probably just say like, what's your association with that word? You know, like if, what do you see? What do you feel? What do you, what's something that you think of? Um, and to actually bring that real experience or that real feeling or real thought onto the stage. Um there's a like there's a lot of sayings we kind of operate around which is uh one of them is um like focus on uh investing not inventing so rather than trying to be imaginative and try to concoct some story or some idea out of thin air that doesn't exist um take something that already exists and okay. invest into that so for me personally, like I think of tennis ball, I think of like the Australian Open, I think of summer. Sure. I don't like tennis. Yeah. So I might go into a scene thinking about like how I don't like tennis and that attribute that to my character. Okay. Yeah. Just to sort of finish off, do you reckon we could try a little a scene? Like, <laughs> no, this it, is my nightmare. Is it? <laughs> Overcome you your fear. To. I don't know. I've never done improv before, so I mean it's what we've been doing the whole time. Is it? <laughs> oh we're just talking, it's just interviewing. So Yeah, I mean we can if you want to. I could, is there like a, a game, a warm up thing that we need to do to get started or we just Uh depends who you ask. Some people will say you don't need to warm up. Some people say I think you generally do, but okay. it's um warming so up. We've been chatting for twenty eight minutes. Minutes, yeah so we're pretty warmed it's pretty warm it's yeah. really just getting connection with the other person so, okay. so that's all right so i actually can i just like give a disclaimer i have yeah. not done this for since like december so okay. <laughs> i've never done it so that's uh you can't yeah yeah <laughs> um so where do we where do we begin do we just start okay. with the word well okay well this is what i'd say to like some students if they were going to start off a scene um 
there's <laughs> it's so wild. I feel like I'm giving you like a whole like two months of classes in like great. That's what we want to do. That's the beauty seconds. of a podcast. You can just yeah. condense all this learning down into the essence of it. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, Obviously, it takes a lot more work than this, but we can just yeah. So uh, basically. <laughs> so when we start a scene so the, well the okay so in any scene it's basically just two characters having a conversation mm-hmm. with each other um and we the thing you want to focus the most on is what they mean to each other um who are they and how do they affect each other um so like uh yeah so their relationship is a really really important part of it um the other thing that we try to do is uh just to like create a world really early on in the scene so just to kind of give like we talk about like the base reality which is the who what where so who are Mm -hmm. these two people what are they doing where are they um and to kind of give us that like baseline of that sort of like shrinking the world a little bit okay um and then we just want to find out about them how long does this scene normally go for it can go for the a minute it can go for the three minutes it can go for an hour so you would usually need someone to like end it um so do you want to start or should i (laughs) cool okay i mean i can do you want to like give me a word um (laughs) do you want me to time it yeah i'm I'm, (laughs) we can aim for just a minute to see how it goes okay cool um what like any kind of word like a color or a thing absolutely anything and then i'll just enter the scene as a different character um pumpkin pumpkin okay cool All right, this is our first scene about pumpkin. Yeah, these ones are pretty big. Um, If you want to pick out one for... You you want a jack-o'-lantern, right? Yeah, exactly. I was uh, hoping to to make myself a a jack-o'-lantern for... um, I know it's it's still only June, but, you know, you can't... You can never have too many jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah, yeah, Doug. No, like... I was so I was so happy that you were coming to my pumpkin farm to like pick out a pumpkin, um, but I'm just kind of wondering like how you're going to keep this fresh until October because it's like quite a while while away. It is a while, and you know when I was I was researching pumpkin farms, um, Sally, and yours came up as the the number one pumpkin farm in uh, in Sydney. Yeah, and. Um, I just, it's more of a practice run. I, I, I've okay. been working on apples, cutting out little faces. And I thought, you know, before October, I'll, I'll practice a few more sizes. And why not just, it's not about being fresh. I'm just, you know, I'll cut out mm-hmm. a face, make uh, pumpkin soup and just just try and refine my pumpkin carving skills. Yeah, Doug, like I honestly, like we've been friends for years. And like, it's honestly, I'm offended that you've only just looked up my pumpkin farm just I'm, now. I'm and we just found out. Um, but it's it's wild to me that you are so keen on making the perfect jack-o'-lantern. Like it feels like there's something behind this. Are you, are you trying to impress someone? Look, Sally, I didn't want to talk about it, but growing up, old Pa Ned used to cut jack-o'-lanterns with me and it, it's just uh it's just taken me back after he recently passed from uh kidney disease mm-hmm. yeah and um i i'm sorry that i haven't come out to your pumpkin farm sooner it's uh it's it's been a rough year Doug, honestly that's so fine old old pa ned meant a lot to you and i 
I, look, you want to create the best jack-o'-lantern for him, right? You're damn right. Well, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll, I'll help you pick out the best pumpkin. We'll carve it out together and I'll, I'll be there for you. We'll even carve it together? You'll do that for me? Yeah, I mean, we do everything together. <laughs> uh. And scene. <laughs> <And> scene. <laughs> nice one. Okay, that's fun. Yeah, uh, cool. <laughs> cool. cool. You drank the Kool-Aid? <laughs> yeah, I drank the Kool-Aid. I'm in. I'm in. Um, so to find out more about what you do here and the upcoming workshops, mm-hmm. be sure to check out the correct website, improvconspiracy.com. Also yes. on Facebook and YouTube at Improv Conspiracy mm-hmm. or on Twitter at TIC Improv. And do you have any other handles or things that you want people to connect you, you, uh, with you, Laura? Insta- uh, well, Instagram. We're on Instagram as well, but I think okay. that's the same handle um personally like i'm on all of those i mean if you want to like if anyone has any questions i'd say best place is just to like email us which is just contact at improvconspiracy.com um and we're always happy to answer any questions anyone has um yeah it's and also just like i love nerding out about improv with people so if anyone is interested in comedy but they don't really know much about the difference between this and stand-up or whatever it is um come along uh, please email us uh, we also have free workshops coming up as well so um in the before times <laughs> we had uh every saturday was a free workshop for about um two and a half hours wait no one and a half hours um so we're bringing those back and i think the first one is the uh 14th of june so you can jump on the website and this might be going out a little bit after that so hopefully oh, okay. by the time well, this airs <laughs> then there'll um, be one pretty much every week running by then so people can just yeah. jump on the website and check it out yeah. and um, maybe if you enjoy this episode you can tweet at TIC Improv and use the hashtag pumpkin carving. (laughs) (laughs) For this iconic scene. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks very much for joining us today, Laura. Is there anything else you want to add in? No, thank you so much for having me. It's great to uh, tell the world a little bit more about improv. And me, I really enjoyed it. Thanks again. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Adam. Back once again with Renegade Master. All righty. What'd you think of that one, huh? Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Alrighty, it's Adam here again. Thanks for listening so far, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. What do you think? Uh, that was my sort of real deep dive into the world of improv, other than researching for our, our conversation with Laura. Um, so that was really, really great insightful and since then I'd, I'd watched one of the episodes of the I think it's Middle Dits and Schwartz on Netflix and uh, it was great to I guess understand or start to um, figure out or at least identify some of the the methods that Laura outlined and and how professionals use it on stage as well so I hope you enjoyed it um, and my little attempt with Laura and her very uh, generous coaching. Um, I forget the pu- the pumpkin carving hashtag, but all the links I mentioned in there, uh, be sure to check them out. I'll have the website updated with episode four with Laura Buskis from the Improv Conspiracy, their website. Uh, not like I incorrectly <laughs> called it uh, the um, conspiracy theory. It's improvconspiracy.com. 
and that website will all be linked up. Thanks for listening. If you did enjoy the show, please be sure to share it with a friend. Um, that really helps go a long way with these podcasts, a little bit of uh, sharing word of mouth promotion to get it going. So thanks again. I'll see you next time on the Stand Up DJ podcast. Ah, one last thing before I go. I forgot to mention, as a bonus episode uh, this round, I wasn't sure to call it episode five because it was a, a shorter conversation. So it's a bonus episode, part of this fourth episode. I got to speak, as I mentioned at the start of the show, uh, I got to speak with the uh, founder of the Improv Conspiracy, Adam Kangas. So it's a bonus episode this week. I've launched uh, this. Hope you enjoy it. Be sure to check it out um, if you haven't already. So bye again. <laughs> Oh, one more thing. <laughs> Not really. Bye-bye. That thing. Get up off that thing. Back in the studio. I wonder how much of this I can get away with.